Hi, my name is Sarah, and I'm Anxious AF. Welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, I talk to Noel Davila. He's a writer, actor, musician, composer, hospital director, and co-host of Hidden Gems, a film podcast. We met through the New York City Podcasters Network. And like the other folks I've spoken to from this group, I felt an instant connection. Noelle was warm, welcoming, and supportive from the second I came into the first Zoom meeting. I didn't really get the feeling that he was anxious, but I just knew we had to talk anyway. We discussed having a career in medicine while balancing his passions for the arts, how animals can pick up on your vibes, and to stop, smell the roses, and enjoy the journey of life. Please enjoy my conversation with Noel Davila. Hey, Sarah, how's it going? Hey, I'm good. How, How you doing? How are you? Long time no chats. I know it's been what, like uh, a few days. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I also am a film person. I went to film school. I. Uh, made short films and all those things. So what? No, I didn't know. How awesome. In my research of you to do this episode, how has anxiety for you, has that played a part in why you chose these specific outlets to get into, you know, uh, screenwriting, composing, doing music, acting? Did, did stress or anxiety or feeling like you're not good enough, did it play a role in, in you being... Uh, involved in these passions or deciding to go in a more creative space? Was it something, was being creative something that sort of guided you to feel better about yourself? Or did you have issues of confidence or was there issues of stress and things like that in your life? I've always been the type that has, you know how like when people say when they get those like butterflies in their stomach before they get on stage, that's something that I've never really experienced there was for me there was always an excitement but never a nervousness um and when i when i was acting and and in that space i think i've always had this level of, of confidence whether good or bad but i had this level of confidence like this is what I do, like this is my space, like this is my comfort zone, this is my box. I didn't start to feel any sort of, I guess, that feeling of unworthiness or a feeling of anxiety until I got into writing. I wasn't a formal writer and uh, it wasn't something that I studied, it was something that I dabbled in. You know, I would just have these ideas that. I would throw out with my friends who were other actors and we would just you know, write them down so that we can you know, make a story. But I, I never really identified myself as a writer. So until I got into that space is when I ever felt a feeling of, I am, you know, I'm not worthy to do this. I very much felt outside of my comfort zone and outside of, of the box where I was more comfortable in when I was uh, on stage, which I think is uh, it's probably uh, very different from most people, I would assume, 
most people would feel a little more uncomfortable in front of people or on stage than off stage, where they would feel more comfortable behind a keyboard. I had a very different experience, a very different um, uh, outlook. Um, but as far as creating, I think for any artist, whatever you are, visual artist, uh, actor, singer, songwriter, musician, there's always something there, right, in your soul, whatever you want to call it, that drives you to do that. And when you don't do that, when you don't allow yourself an outlet, I, you start to feel like there's something missing. And I, that is something that I, I experienced. So when, when I stepped away from acting, when I stepped away from performing on stage or in front of a camera, because again, my lifestyles were very different. I had a family that I had to provide for. And when you're an actor looking for work, it's very, um, there's not a lot of money in it, first of all. And that's why you have a, a lot of actors who are you know, either waiters or waitresses or, or bartenders. And they need some form of uh, job that can bring some sort of income where you can provide for yourself. Um, but also awards you some flexibility when it comes to time so that you can go off and do auditions and, and things like that in rehearsal. So I wound up finding myself calling out sick or uh, PTO time or vacation time. And I was using all that time for my nine to five job so that I can go out and just audition. So what were you doing in these like nine to five jobs? Was it something, were you still working in your field or was it like something completely different? It was something completely different. <laughs> I, I lived a, uh, if anybody saw me like from, you know, morning to evening, they thought I lived two separate lives. Uh, and I kind of still feel that way in, in a sense. So my nine to five for many, many years has been working in medicine. So um, I was an EMT here in New York for many years. I migrated to working uh, within a hospital. And at that time, I was working within a hospital and I had set hours. They were you know, practically nine to five. Those were my set hours. And I was, you know, I was doing patient care in a hospital. So on one side, I was you know, providing for my family, was in this career that I loved because I, I do love medicine. Um, but then I also had this thing that where, you know, I was an, a, an artist. I have been an artist since I first saw a stage production of Shakespeare when I was in like third grade. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. I was able to even start writing my own music and performing really well. And I was able to utilize that as an outlet for my creativity. And I was very much more happier at that point. So now are you working, you're still working in medicine, but then just doing the podcast and the and music and things of that nature, just on the side to have both of those things, the stability and the creativity? Exactly. I realized that I can't live one without the other. I can't. It is a, it's a stable, a very stable job, and I love what I do. I, I love what I do there, and I'm able to do it uh, in a capacity where I'm able to 
make real change in people. So are you at EMT now, or what's your, what are you doing in medicine now? So what I, um, right now I'm actually an a administrator, so I'm a director of a medical clinic in Montefiore here in New York. Has that still fulfilled you? Has that, regardless of, you know, being able to provide for your wife and your, and your kids, has that, has that brought you its own fulfillment? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The, that side is one where I am so grateful and so full of joy because what I do is, um, I, I am the director of the hyperbaric department. And what we do is we help people heal problematic or non-healing wounds. So these are people who have some form of wound for whatever reason that just won't heal, usually because there's a lack of oxygen. And what we do is we treat these patients with this hyperbaric chamber, allowing them to carry more oxygen in their soft tissue we kind of jump starting their natural healing process. So I have been witnessed over the last 20 some odd years working in this industry of hyperbaric medicine, where I've seen patients who by doctors and surgeons deem that they are going to get amputated and lose their limbs due to this non-healing wound. And I've actually seen them heal these wounds and walk out of my clinic. And when I tell you that avoiding amputation is such a huge, um, such a huge achievement, because amputation and the the cause of amputation is probably one of the first steps towards someone who is of black or latino um uh, ethnicity with all the comorbidities that they may have that event causes a cascading series of events that winds up losing their life so by avoiding amputation we can successfully by statistics lengthen the life expectancy of those patients well first i want to you know thank you for doing that work because like you said, it's life-changing. I have the passion, but I don't think I have the the smarts to be able to do that every day and to witness people going through pain mm-hmm. every day. I, I consider myself like a highly sensitive person. Like everything is, I feel like I take on people's emotions or I take on, mm-hmm. I feel very empathetic, but like to a really insane degree, but it's like, but to witness that pain and to see that person suffering you're probably so used to it in a in a dark way by now. It, you know, you you would think that you get used to it, but I think if you're you're in healthcare for the right reasons, because we know sometimes people get into well, I don't know if you know, but sometimes people get into medicine thinking that they're going to you know strike gold. Uh, that's not going to happen, you know, um, especially here in, in in the states where education is so expensive. So uh, it isn't like, you know, once you become a physician, you, uh, it's like being a lottery. That's, that's not the case. But, you know, I think as long as you get into medicine for the right reasons, I don't think you ever get used to it. 
you need to you definitely need to learn how to manage it but I think becoming jaded is something that is very much a possibility. And once you pass that that threshold where you're kind of jaded, I think there's a level of care that's lost at, at some point where then maybe it kind of just becomes a job. So I can, you know, thankfully say that that's something that has not happened yet. Um, and I, I hope it never happens to me where I become used to it. So what brings you, is there anything that brings you stress and anxiety and worry in your life? Because I think, you know, and um, I don't know what order I'm going to put this in yet, but I interviewed Christopher recently from, also from New York City Podcaster. Yay! Hey. Um, And I told him that my first sort of impression of him was I just felt like he was so chill and he was so like worry free mm -hmm. and he seemed like there was no stress nowhere. And I don't necessarily know if that's the case for people, but similarly with you, I, I just felt a sense of calm just talking to you and a sense of positivity. I don't even believe in like auras necessarily, but I, I felt some sort of good aura <laughs> if that's a phrase. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of why I wanted to talk to you because I think you seem very open and very supportive in just the way that you talk and the way that you want to find community and the way that you want to build and grow your own creativity and your podcast and, and your film work and things of that nature. So I know that not everybody feels this all the time and I just, but I get the impression that people do and what, you know, what they put out. And I'm always putting out, uh, I don't think I put on a face very well. I think I, I try to be as like honest as possible about where I'm at at all times. And I don't know if that works for me or makes me meet less people or, or what have you, but I just kind of wanted to gauge from you sort of, you know, you have to, you have this job in, in medicine. You also have these creative outlets of, you know, podcasting and music and screenwriting, and you also have a family and the pressure to provide for them. And maybe not as much now because you have a career that's, that's sort of set. Um, a lot to unpack there. So, uh, definitely shout out to Chris because yeah, Chris is such a chill dude. Like he is so, uh, laid back. And even if you've ever listened to his podcast, it's so such a calming feeling. Um, and I absolutely believe in energies. Um, and we can witness that by, I, I don't know about you, but I'm an animal lover. I, I love dogs. And you can, sh you can see the effect of your energy reflected on animals. Because, you know, they pick up on, on certain, um, I'm going to use the word vibes, that we can't, or sometimes we can, but that's really how they communicate. And, you know, if, um, if you're, if you're giving off the wrong type of energy, uh, an animal will actually respond to that. So we definitely absolutely go off certain wavelengths and waveforms of, of, of energy that certain people could be more sensitive to. 
I think it's important for us as humans, when we have interactions with other humans, you be yourself. There's no reason to put on face. Listen, this is who I am. You know, accept me or don't. If that affects the amount of people that you call friends in your life, then I think you're better for it. Because honestly, I would rather have, you know, two or three or even have one good friend who is my friend for me because they know me and all and all my dirt, all my grime, and all my wrinkles, and they love me anyway. I'd rather have that one or two type of friends than have, you know, 20 or 30 friends who are friends with this fake image that I project. As, as far as anxiety is concerned, um, there... I, I tend to really try to take things as they come. Like, one thing that's always an issue, and, and that's always something that is, um, that should really be a constant concern, is, again, as a head of a household with a wife and three children, uh, one going to college, um, I can tell you, kind of going through that whole college finance thing is um it's very stressful you know uh thankfully my daughter is um does great in school and she was awarded some you know some money to to, to go to college but there's still some that has to come out of our pocket and that's something that's always a concern so you know as a head of the household you're always worried about making sure that you're going to be able to provide so that worry, that concern drove me to go back to school and study business administration. It's honestly like going back to school from fresh, like from start, because you know nothing that I really studied can really transfer over. It doesn't really, um, it's not related in, in any way. So it's like, it, it's like starting from scratch. And I chose to do that. I chose to put myself through that because it, it really is intense um, and it takes a lot of my time. But I chose to do that because my concern is to ensure that at the end of the day, I will be able to provide for my family. The creativity stuff, I learned that that will come. That will come. That will always be there. That's not going away. We live in a, in a time where we honestly have a film studio in our pocket. So if we want to create something, all we need is just the motivation. So there's no excuse for, I don't have script software, that's for free. And you can get that on your laptop, on your tablet, anywhere, on your phone. There's no excuse. There's no excuse if that's what you want to do. You just have to find the motivation to do it. Um, so I don't worry anymore about the creativity stuff because that that will be there that will come and there's other there's so many outlets like i said you know since you seem like the stakes of any sort of worry have been lowered for you and they don't hold as much it doesn't hold as much weight because it seems like you have it's sort of as, as figured out as it can be or as much, you know, you're only you can only do so much, and you're gonna work with what you, what you have, and that's the best you can do, and and that's how we navigate. Uh, but for folks that 
have difficulty navigating those waters and have stifled their dreams maybe because they've felt so much fear and anxiety towards mm -hmm. doing what they love and providing for their family and, and things like that. What advice would you want to leave our listeners with that might be experiencing that type of thing? So one piece of advice I would, oh, I, I fall back on, on my own. Whenever I'm either going to some sort of decision or some sort of change has to be made or something has to get done and you're worried whether you know, you aren't unable to, or either you can't afford it, or you, you don't have time, or you, you may not have the resources. Something that I always fall back on is um, a phrase that no matter what you do, time is always going to pass. So, for example, for me, I, I always wanted to go back to school. But I was so afraid that I was going to fail at it because, again, that business wasn't in my wheelhouse. It was very much outside of my box. No matter what I chose, time was still going to go forward. And whether I decided to keep up with it was my choice. But no matter what, it was going to keep moving forward. So my advice would be, to always think about that, that things are always going to happen. Things are always going to keep moving. Things are always, time is always going to go by. It's really up to you to decide what you're going to do with that time. I have been on this journey, so to speak, that I've said that I didn't want to be on. I wanted to just get to the goal and be, and be done. Mm. I didn't want to go through the experience of it, but... As my friend has mentioned that, where are you running to? If there, if you don't believe in an afterlife and you just die, you're just running to death. Like you're just running, 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 then you're, and then it's over. Mm. So what are you going to do with that time? And so I think that's really what you said about time's going to go by anyway. So mm -hmm. what do you choose to do with it? I think is important and and life really is about those moments and what you choose to do and not necessarily the goal itself yeah absolutely i've, I've definitely gotten to a point in my life where i i force myself to kind of stop and take in what i'm experiencing because life is so fleeting it goes by so quickly and you know, as a parent to a child who is, you know, going off to college in a handful of months, I'm very much not prepared for that. <laughs> I, I, I can tell you, I'm not prepared for that. Um, I, I, I don't know if I will if I will get prepared, but getting to that point is, uh, it's going to be, I know it's going to be traumatic for me because I'm very close to my children. That they are. They are the apple of my eye, the cream in my coffee, uh -huh. the you know heel of my stiletto. Uh -huh. They they are my world. So you know, I was actually just 
Um, I picked up my daughter from practice this afternoon because she is also a, um, uh, she worked off on, on actually both of us, my wife and I, because my wife is, a, is an ex-dancer. Um, so we picked her up from practice because she's in the school, school play this year. And um, I'm just kind of looking at her and she had her school sweater on and everything. And I'm like, gosh, she's so grown up. I'm thinking to myself, I'm just looking at her like, just, I felt like just the other day, she was just laying in my arms. And she was born a preemie. So um, when she was born, she was like three pounds, 10 ounces, tiny thing. Like she fit in the palm of my hand. So tiny. Yeah, she fit in the palm of my hand. And I'm just looking at her, and I'm like, wow, so much time has gone by. And it feels like it was in an instant. In an instant. So one thing that I, I definitely try to do is try to take in the experiences that you're experiencing. You know, don't rush to the goal. Like, just like you said, that, that's something that I try to live by. Like, don't rush it. Like, stop. I know it kind of sounds cliche, but stop and smell the roses. Like, really, stop, look around you, take in the colors, take in the sounds. I mean, maybe not the sounds of all the motorcycles and the alarms in my block, but take in, you know, the smells, the senses. What are you feeling? Is there humidity in the air? Like, take in that sense and enjoy it. Enjoy that moment of living, just like you said. It goes by so fast, and then where are you running to? You're going to, you know, miss all the good stuff on the way. Words to live by, I think. Uh, to close out, um, Noel, Noel has a podcast uh, called Hidden Gems, uh, and it's about those hidden gem movies that you might not know about, and mm -hmm. um, you host it with your wife, right? Yes, I do. And I, I listened to uh, an episode recently, um, because I was like, what movies have I seen that I can listen to commentary for? Um, <laughs> I went to film school, but I haven't seen a lot of like those famous movies that everybody's supposed to see. So everyone yells uh -huh. at me on every set I've been on. Um, <laughs> but, um, very much elitist. You're right there. There's, oh my God. When you talk about toxicity, oh, there's a lot of toxicity in the film industry. God, please. Oh yeah. Uh, trust me. I, I know. And, uh, so tell the people the name of it and where they can find it and where they can find you if they want to learn more. Sure, sure. So um, uh, like you said, I am the co-host of Hidden Gems, a film podcast. I co-hosted with my wife, Lynette. And what we do is we introduce and discuss uh, films that are underappreciated or underrated um, or have been forgotten, so it could be a fantastic film, but people really haven't uh, talked about it or you know seen it in a long time. So that's what we do. We we talk about. We don't spoil. We just introduce and suggest these fantastic obscure films to the public. Um, these fantastic works of art that you know people like Sarah and myself we pour over and pour our hearts into to make you know to to create some form of connection that um you know these pieces of art are out there that we would love for other people to kind of watch and, and enjoy just as you know my wife and i do and uh, you can find that podcast on 
any podcast platform that you listen to, whether it's iTunes or Spotify or the Google Play Store, uh, we're hosted on Anchor FM. You can listen to it there. Amazon Music. So anywhere you listen to your podcast, uh, you can find it. And uh, you can find us, the Hidden Joe's Podcast um, Facebook page on Facebook <laughs> and Instagram. So you can actually find us there as well. And for me, uh, you can find me on Instagram as well. I go by More Forsaken and you can follow me on Facebook as well. Just, you know, all the go. Voila. There it is. Well, thank you. There it goes. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on this podcast, even though you're not that anxious AF. But it's nice to have a different perspective. And that's, I think, I could sense that you weren't. <laughs> so <laughs> I, but I wanted to have a different take and a different view of someone that, you know, has their shit somewhat together yeah. and it's nice to hear that's a thing that's uh, possible <laughs> i don't know if i have it together i kind of you know probably have a little pile over here and a pile over there but i put them in piles i try to manage it as best as i can well it's a manager pile of of shit <laughs> yeah 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 i do my best to manage it you know <laughs> i still think so but whatever you know you can't you stop know. it you can't stop time you can't stop shit from stinking no you can't no matter what you do shit's gonna smell you know, and it's always going to come, no matter what. It doesn't stop thinking about it. The only, like, shit never stops, right? You're always shitting. Time and not, shit never stops. Go see a doctor. Go see a doctor. Because shit should happen. Well, seriously, Noel, thank you so much for coming on. And thank you for the invite. Um, I'm so appreciative and so grateful that, that you had me on. I really appreciate it. And this was such a fantastic discussion. Um, like I said, you know, you are especially in the podcasting community, one of the most authentic people that I've met thus far. And um, it it truly is something that people gravitate to, or at least I gravitate to, that authenticity, that realness. And um, keep it up, please, you know. Oh, I'm going to cry. Thanks, Noel. I'm going to cry. That's so nice. I, I That's why I do this show, is I want to... I want to have, I want to share experiences and share my story and share other people's story and hope that, in the hopes that people can relate and that people can have that sense of community. So I appreciate you saying that and I'm going to keep all the compliments in. Definitely. So ha. Keep them in the box. (laughs) Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're so welcome. Ciao. Bye. Thank you so much to Noelle for coming on the podcast. You're such a genuine human being, and I'm so glad we're getting to know each other. Go check out Hidden Gems, a film podcast, wherever you get podcasts. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at Hidden Gems, a film podcast. You can find out more about the New York City Podcasters Network at nycpodcasters.com. If you want to hear more episodes of this show, subscribe so you'll be alerted when we release new ones. You can also stream every episode at anxiousafshow.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at anxiousafshow. Email us at anxiousafshow at gmail.com if you have any feedback, guest suggestions, or stories of your own to share. This episode was edited and mixed by Angelique Ibera. Music by Garrett Rose. His work can be found at garrettrose.com. 
And I'm your host to help you find the roses you should be smelling, Sarah Carlin. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.